Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. Well, I guess we're all Stephen Breyer because Stephen Breyer found out about his retirement the same way you and I did from the media. Let's be honest. This is and this is low lying fruit stuff. They are pushing him out because they want 2022, the midterms, to be about air fingers quote Republican obstructionism. They have a plan for governance, but it's Republicans who are getting in the way of build back better and voting rights. Oh, wait, that's Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin. Not the point. They want a brutal, bitter nomination confirmation process to cover all of their failures in the eyes of independent voters. And it's not going to work. Really... Republicans have no reason. No, they might, just because it's nice to give payback to the Democrats for the things that they've done in the past. But this is not going to change the makeup of the court. Even if the far left, which is tugging the strings of Joe Biden, pulling the strings of Joe Biden, gets themselves a real left-wing wacko, it's not going to change the makeup of the court. The court is 5-4-6-3. Depending on which side of the bed John Roberts gets up on. But this is not going to change the makeup of the court. So it might animate the professional left, as the original potato used to call it, Robert Gibbs. The professional left may be animated by this, but really, independent voters aren't going to go, oh my God, the balance of the court hangs. We have to vote for Democrats or get this guy, get this guy across the finish line before Republicans take the Senate. This is almost meaningless. Now, when I say almost meaningless, of course, it's always historic when there's a new Supreme Court justice because of their lifetime appointment, which I can't even find that in the Constitution. It just says they'll serve during good behavior. But this is not going to animate the left the way the Democrats think it will. I mean, yes, the professional left, they're always animated. They're the professional left. But as far as people that are looking at inflation, the open border, they're not going, oh my God, I got to invest all of my... Nothing's going to change about Roe v. Wade because of this pick. Nothing's really going to change. If there is going to be a rollback of something that involves a conservative block in the Supreme Court this Whoever the nominee is, is not going to change. Now, what? here's where we are, though. Joe Biden said, it's going to be a black woman. Now, they love to say, there's not enough black representation. Well, there's only nine. One of them's black. How many? One of them's Hispanic. You've got women on the court. You've got minorities on the court. But Joe Biden didn't say, I'm going to get the best jurist. He said, I'm going to pick a black woman. Now, oh, look, there's low-lying fruit. We could say, how well did that work out for his vice president? Andrew, see, 
This is the problem. You don't want a black woman on the court. Actually, if you say we're looking for the best and the brightest jurists, that includes black women. But I'm going to walk you down memory lane a little bit. And I'm going to play some audio for you that uh, you're not going to hear anywhere else. At least I don't think so. Maybe you'll hear it later on in the day. I know that there are some people, you know, we all, anyway, the Democrats made it their business to block George W. Bush's black, Hispanic, and female circuit court picks back in the early 2000s. Made it their business. Now, we all know The D.C. Circuit Court is the springboard to the Supreme Court in many cases. That's where lots of Supreme Court justices have come out of. One nominee in particular was Janice Rogers Brown. The Democrats upheld her nomination, filibustered her nomination for two straight years as the minority party. Two years. The media and the Democrats didn't say, oh, that's racist. Gotta have a black woman on the Supreme Court. Well, Janice Rogers Brown might have been on the Supreme Court had her nomination not been held up for two long years. Now, let's listen to Joe Biden in 2020. He said it in multiple, multiple occasions. I'm, I guarantee you. Come on, man. He's going to pick a black woman for the Supreme Court. Cut one. I committed that if I'm elected president, have an opportunity to appoint someone to the courts, will be I'll appoint the first black woman to the courts. It's required that they have representation now. It's long overdue. Secondly, if I'm elected president, my my cabinet, my administration will look like the country. And I commit that I will, in fact, appoint a pick a woman to be vice president. There are a number of women who are qualified to be president tomorrow. I would pick a woman to be my vice president. Just to be clear, you just committed here tonight that your running mate, if you get the nomination, will be a woman? Yes. I don't understand this. Why didn't the Democrats just pick a female nominee? There was Elizabeth Warren. There was the great and awesome Kamala Harris. They had Tulsi Gabbard. And they had that. What was the what was the spiritual guru lady? I, I forgot her name. They, there was a there was a substantial number of women candidates in the Democrat field. Why didn't the Democrats? Why did they need Joe Biden to promise to pick a woman? If a woman is what is needed, why didn't they just pick a woman to be their nominee? Here he is again. That was March 2020. Here's June 2020. Play cut two. President says he's going to issue an updated list of potential nominees to the court. You have said you would put a black woman on the court should a spot open up, but there are groups calling for you to release a list of specific names you'd put on the court. Are you going to do that? Would you- One thing I hesitate to do is follow anything the president does at all because he usually does it all wrong. To do with it. Um, I have, we are putting together a list of a group of African-American women who are qualified and have the experience to be in the court I am not going to release that until we go further down the line and vetting them as well. Uh-huh. 
Well, because Trump started putting out a list. He's like, well, I'm not putting out a list because of Trump. One has nothing to do with the other. Now here he is again with the soon-to-be-departing Joy Reid. Cut three. Are you committed to naming a black woman as your vice presidential running mate? I am not committed to naming any but the people I've named, and among them there are four black women. So that decision is underway right now. And, uh, and by the way, black women have supported me my entire career. You all act like all of a sudden there was an epiphany in South Carolina. I have had over a 96%, 94% rating in the state with the eighth largest black community in the United States of America, Delaware. And so they're the ones, as that old saying goes, that brought me to the dance. I have been loyal. They have been loyal to me. And so it is important that, that my administration, I promise you, will look like America. Isn't it amazing? I love when white Democrats... Let me just put a carrot in here and take a side with you guys for a second. I love when white Democrats tell you that if you give them near to unlimited power, if you vote for them, they'll give you some reward in return. Like a black vice president or Supreme Court justice or a chief of staff or whatever it is. But they never say, you know what, I'm going to get out of the way of a black woman candidate. You ever notice that? It's it's always predicated on the white liberal Democrat or white progressive Democrat being at the top of the food chain. Always. They never get out of the way. And I will say this even with Barack Obama. If you remember, it was supposed to be Hillary. It was the voters Not the elected officials, not the party bosses, but the voters in the primary that threw out Hillary Clinton because they didn't really want her. So let's do this now. We've got the requisite clips of Biden going around promising in 2020 that it's going to be a black woman. James Clyburn. James Clyburn says the Republican Party is obligated to vote for Biden's nominee. Cut nine. Do Republicans have an obligation in your mind to endorse a history-making choice and not let it be only Democrats who vote yes for for such a nomination? Well, I wouldn't say they have an obligation to do that. I think it would be well uh, for that to happen. As you know, I'm a big fan of J. Everett Dixon, and that was one of the things I admired by him. He made sure uh, that the Civil Rights Act and the Voting rights act were both about Protestant issues, and uh, I really, really admire that about him. And I would, I'm, I'm sure uh, that the Republican senators uh, from South Carolina uh, would do all they can to make this choice bipartisan, and I'm sure uh, they would do so because both of them know Michelle real well. Uh, she's just our choice, uh, but I suspect that the others uh, that I don't know as well, I do know. No, Sherilyn Eiffel. Uh, her name is being floated. Uh, a very smart uh, young lady that I think would make a great Supreme Court justice as well. I just happen to be uh, for uh, Michelle Childs. I'm not against any of the others. You know what's amazing about that? The Democrats are running around screaming and yelling about Bull Connor and George Wallace and how we all need to be more like Abraham Lincoln. 
They're examples of the worst case, the worst politicians are Democrats. Their best examples are Republicans. Dirksen was a Republican who helped craft the, craft the 64 civil rights legislation that was filibustered by the Democrats, including Al Gore Sr. Does critical race theory address this? I'd like to know. Wine six ninety five Patriot nine five seven two eight seven four. So, Republicans have an obligation here. Now let's go back in time. Cube cut five. The late Elijah Cummings, speaking on behalf of the Congressional Black Caucus, and I forgot the name of Black Pastors. This is two thousand five. This is the demand from the Congressional Black Caucus that Janice Rogers Brown's nomination be filibustered and rejected by Democrats. Cut five. California Justice Brown once offered an opinion that effectively ended meaningful affirmative action in California. In the case of High Voltage Wireworks versus City of San Jose, Brown wrote that affirmative action resembled racist and segregationist laws that predated landmark civil rights laws. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, these justices have not been doing their job, the job that the public entrusted to them. Given this poor judgment of the law, not only impacts our legal system, but more importantly, these judgments determine the fate of people who often turn to the federal appellate court as a last resort. And we remind you that these judges are appointed not for a week, not for a month, not for 10 years, but for life. For this reason, it is even more important that justices who are placed on our federal bench have a proven record of interpreting the law, not creating it. Wow! We don't want Supreme Court justice creating law out of thin air. Did I mention that Janice Rogers Brown is the daughter of sharecroppers from Alabama? Did I mention that? She was the daughter of sharecroppers, if you don't know this. So Elijah Cummings doesn't like the fact that she looks at hiring or not hiring someone based on the color of their skin as akin to the racism that existed before Republicans pushed the 64 civil rights legislation. So here's the Congressional Black Caucus standing up and saying, we don't want this black woman on the D.C. Circuit Court. Now let's go back to 2005 again. Here's Chuck Schumer. Senator Schumer, who's now the Senate Majority Leader, effectively, talking about how well, we have to filibuster some judicial nominees if we don't think they belong there. Cut eight. No picture could more make the point that we must preserve minority rights in this country than what we're doing here today. Um, the bottom line is simple. When the Founding Fathers put together the Constitution, they were worried that a majority could overrule the rights of the minority. And one of the hallmarks of our country has been that minorities have rights even if the majority says they don't. That's why we have a Bill of Rights. That's why we have the Senate, which has traditionally protected minority rights. And frankly, as the letter that Eleanor read said, sometimes we like it and sometimes we don't. 
But it would be particularly ironic that now that different that different groups want to reach for too much power that we undo the fulcrum of minority rights in the Senate. And I think the letter made that point very well. We're to making another point here. If a nominee is way out of the mainstream and will not interpret law but make it, we're going to oppose them. And it doesn't matter their race, religion, background. If they, when they sit on that bench, are going to take their own views and take them over America's views, they don't belong there. Wow! There's Chuck Schumer, the Constitution this and the Founding Fathers that, and power grabs here and divided government there. We don't want judges making laws. And if we we filibuster a judge for two long years, it has nothing to do with race, gender, and religion. Man, aren't they good at that? They give themselves the benefit of the doubt. Now, here's perhaps the best clip. It's long. It's two minutes. Here's President Biden, then Senator Biden, the Senate Judiciary Committee, same time, 2005. Here he is speaking loudly on blocking President Bush's black, Hispanic, and female judicial nominees. Play cut seven. Mr. President... My friends and colleagues, I've not been here as long as Senator Byrd. No one fully understands the Senate as well as Senator Byrd. But I've been here for over three decades. I think this is the single most significant vote any one of us will cast in my 32 years in the Senate. And I suspect uh, the Senator would agree with that. And we should make no mistake, this nuclear option is ultimately an example of the arrogance of power. It is a fundamental power grab by the majority party, propelled by its extreme right and designed to change the reading of the Constitution, particularly as it relates to individual rights and property rights. It's nothing more or nothing less, and let me take a few moments to explain that. Folks who want to see this change want to eliminate one of the procedural mechanisms designed for the express purpose of guaranteeing individual rights and they also as a consequence would undermine the protections of a minority point of view in the heat of majority excess. We've been through these periods before in American history but never to the best of my knowledge has been any party been so bold as to fundamentally attempt to change the structure of this body. Why else would the majority party attempt one of the most fundamental changes in the 216-year history of this Senate on the grounds that they are being denied seven of 218 federal judges, three of whom have stepped down? What short-sightedness and what a price history will exact on those who support this radical move. Uh-huh. So we have to block this black woman and Hispanic man and, yes, white woman. And they fought and they fought and they fought 
to keep those judges off the bench. But listen, listen to Biden. This is about the minority party. We don't do things whimsical. That was so 2005, right? Traditions, institutions, Senate rules. Now it's, we won, we want to ram down everything. And anyone who gets in our way is a white nationalist. Or a racist. Or a homophobe. Or a sexist. I've got even more. Wine six ninety five Patriot nine five seven two eight seven four. I actually have, and there's volumes of it. Janice Rogers Brown is an amazing intellectual, but when it comes to black women who are qualified for the bench, the Democrats said hell no. I have some audio now. There's volumes of it. I'm going to play one little clip of a speech she gave in two thousand seven. That's going to blow you away. Right after this, we're right, they're wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program can not be broken. Sirius XM Patriot. You can join me live on the Will Count Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West, on Sirius XM Patriot, Channel 125.